Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada Dundalk, and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the Renault, Dacia, and Opel range. Whether it is a petrol, diesel, LPG, plug-in hybrid, or electric, we have the perfect car for you. See BlackstoneMotors.ie. Welcome to Midweek Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Great to have you with us on the show again this afternoon. What's coming up today? Go back to my artist of the week, Nat King Cole. More about him and a cracking song as well for you. We're going to have a chat uh, with a good friend of ours on the show, Father Noel Kyo from the Redemptorist in the in Dundalk. Big things happening there at St. Joseph's. That's later on. Siobhan O'Neill White from Mams.ie is here. She has it sussed out. Things to do with your children, summertime and people always looking for things to do. Siobhan gives us a run through. Dr Mary McCreary is here. The importance of always trusting your gut. Looking forward to talking to Mary after two on the show. And don't forget, do you have that song that reminds you of something special in your life, an occasion, an event, some special family matter or otherwise? Do you have a song when it plays you think it's something special? I want to hear from you because Specsavers have given us a lovely prize. They've given us an, uh, a voucher uh, for use in any of the shops. That's €189 Euro, and they're throwing in a €75 Euro ticket master voucher as well. It all comes to €264 Euro, to be precise and you can win it on Late Lunch with me each day this week. Let me know your song and your story 086-1800-658 WhatsApp or text me to the show if you want to call in. It's 1850-715-958 Now I was coming into work uh, the other day I'm, I'm here for the duration of the show but not either side and uh, I was only in a little while and the next thing I got a message there was somebody looking for me outside the building here and down I went and here is the strangest looking vehicle I've ever seen and a gentleman in it and uh, I've met him in the past and he said Jerry I've just come from Dundalk to show you this and he's on the line today to tell us more all in here good to talk to you again yes thanks very much indeed <laughs> well you got home safely I got home safely oh yeah there's no problem Good man uh, yourself. Tell Late Lunch listeners about the Velomobile. What, just describe it for our listeners today. Uh, well, th- there's, um, if anybody has gone to, to, to Holland or to, to Denmark, they may, may have seen these strange kind of lie-down bicycles uh, which have got a, a plastic uh, kind of uh, aerodynamic shape around them. And the cyclist sits into this uh, with his, his feet more or less level with, with, with his backside and he's kind of lying back at a 45 degree angle. And uh, so he's lower on the road and he has this plastic 
body around him which protects him you know from side impacts uh, and it's kind of aerodynamic and it protects him from the rain and that sort of thing and it's it's basically a a lie-down bicycle which has some of the weather protection of a car uh, some of the physical protection of a car within reason Uh, and uh, for People who are into cycling, it's kind of the, the latest fashion statement uh, in, in Europe. And I'm introducing it here in County Louth. But but uh, here's the thing. You see a much wider use for this. You see this as a potential game changer when it comes to getting around in the future. Yes. Um, um, as many of your listeners are aware, um, there, we are now facing a global climate emergency where greenhouse gas emissions are causing uh, crazy, um, crazy uh, fires and droughts and, and floods all around the world. And um, uh, the government in Dublin has actually declared a, a, a climate emergency, along with a number of other countries around the world. And a lot of the, the, the major international countries are now trying to re, reconfigure their economies to be what they call carbon neutral. So they're trying to reduce greenhouse gas emissions from agriculture, but also, most importantly, uh, from transport. And... Um, uh my concern as an environmentalist was that kind of there was a need to 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 push the whole thing of about safe cycling to schools safe cycling to shops and that sort of stuff uh but i used to always get frustrated because you if you did any bit of cycling at all you come home either ringing wet from the rain or you'd be kind of uh, perspiring or something like that and i was looking for something that was kind of halfway between a car and a bicycle which kind of uh, allowed you to have a little bit more of the comforts of a car, uh, the safety of a car, you know, but still was essentially a bicycle. So you, so that's what it is. Yeah, and, and like I'll start try and describe it to listeners. The one you brought here, it's, it's vivid yellow. You certainly can see it. It's low seated, as you said, but you can sit fairly straight up on it. It's for one. You, it's pedal driven. You know, it's pedal power, and and the makeup of it is unlike a Robin Reliant, which I was talking to you about the other day, where the single wheel is at the front. The single wheel is at the back of this one. Two wheels at the front. No uh, other power at all uh, uh, in it at the moment, Alan. Or do you see any potential? To put a small battery or anything like that into it oh no you you can these these uh, transport options are getting more varied all the time Mm. and uh, as you know bicycles have gone through a revolution in the last five years now there's as many people buying electric powered bicycles Mm. Uh, and so similarly this can be upgraded with an electric motor as well to assist the, 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 the pedals. Now, I just brought in the three of these from Australia uh, because I didn't want to have any kind of un, unnecessary controversy on, 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 with, 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 you know, with, with whether it was legal or not. The EU regulations state that the, the motor power of an electric bike must be no greater than 250 watts and it must be a thing called pedal assist rather than throttle operated mm, mm. so motorbikes are throttle operated you just turn that your handle the throttle and the engine goes faster uh with the eu regulations all bicycles for them to be recognized as bicycles must be pedal assist which means you have to turn the pedals and it's the turning of the pedals which activates the assistance of the motor so yes i can get these um 
bikes in uh, with the motors uh, on them. But I was trying to introduce them initially for as low a cost as possible. They're yeah. already very quite expensive, you know, so mm. um, this is what I was trying to do. What, would it, what the, would it cost? Just tell us that, well, roughly what would one of these cost you? Well, I, I I need to be selling them for around about uh, six thousand euro. Um, okay, uh, so it, it is a fair price to pay, but that's it. There's no uh, tax or insurance or maintenance or fuel or anything like that required afterwards. All the parts are standard bicycle parts. Yeah, and the, the body is made of high density polyethylene, which is the same material as your wheelie bin. Mm. So it's it's impact resistant. You can bang it, you can scratch it, you can kick it. Mm. Unlike <laughs> a car or unlike a glass fiber version of it, there's a lot of people in in Europe building these in glass fiber, mm. but they're vulnerable to scratches and bangs. Yes, uh, and. Uh, I wanted something that I could give to somebody to say, you take that there now. I won't be seeing you again for another long, 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 long time because there's nothing really to go wrong in this. There's nothing to go wrong with the body of it. Uh, and um, any parts on it that, uh, can easily be fixed by any bicycle shop anywhere in the country. Okay, now let me let me ask you this because I'm curious since I met you the other day and thank you for taking it here uh, for me to have a look at it myself. You came up from uh, Dundalk to Drogheda and travelled back again, of course not on the motorway but uh, on the secondary roads. On the old road, yeah. yes. How long? And you pedalled all the way, you pedalled up and pedalled back. I did. How, how long did it take you? I'm just curious from Dundalk to Drogheda and vice versa. It, it, it took me about two, uh, two hours, 20 minutes or something of that order. In, in total, or was that one oh, sorry, day? For, for, for each, for each, for each direction. Okay, each so direction. over two hours in each direction. So what, what I, what I say to you is, this probably is more suited to an urban environment. You know, uh, shorter journeys. Would you, would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I think that, if, for example, if you are shopping or doing business, uh, say in Dundalk. And you are living in Castle Bellingham or Knock Bridge or somewhere like that. That you know yep. that this thing would be a reasonably uh, good compromise in terms of it gets you there a wee bit fa- a good bit faster than a bicycle, uh, but it avoids the cost of of the of of, of cars. Do you follow me? Okay. Now, so do you, I would do you, do you, yeah. I'd say it'd be suitable for yes. for people who be living in Termafecken or somewhere. You yes. Know. Yes. I understand what you're saying. The outlying areas to Dundalk, Drogheda, Navin, yeah. Kells, all across the northeast, the big towns. If you're living out from them a little bit, this is an ideal. And then in around the urban area, I want to ask you this: You were low to the ground. I did say to you, it, it's bright yellow the one you have, and you have a lovely light on the back that flashes as you go along. Did yes. you feel vulnerable on the roads, you know, with the cars and lorries going by you? Uh, well, I, I, I put this extra um, uh, lantern on it, the flashing lantern mm. uh, on the back of it uh, to draw attention from the drivers. Um, as many of your listeners will know who, who ride bicycles, sometimes cars, car drivers are so attentive to watching out for other cars that they are blind a little bit. Yep. To, to the cyclist mm. and can accidentally turn across the cyclist without realising yes. the cyclist. And that's happened to me a few times where I had a couple of near misses. Mm. And um, So therefore, uh, when, when I brought these in, I wanted them in bright yellow so that they were very, very noticeable on the road. And then with the extra lamp on it, it's kind of like the lamps you see on JCBs <laughs> or ambulances yeah. or something like that. Mm. Um, that it would uh, attract attention. And I have found, to answer your question, is that uh, I, I can't be certain that 
that nobody will hit me. But um, there's a huge amount of respect for people uh, now kind of to, to give cyclists that wee bit more space. Mm. And for me, in the yellow thing with the flashing light, <laughs> I see the lorries go nearly to the far side of the road to make sure they're well away from me, you know. Um, I worry, I have to say uh, to you, Alan, that, uh, and that's great to hear, but, you know, it only takes a tiny lapse of concentration and you're so low to the ground. And as you said, somebody could miss you. That's why I think there are more short distance urban thing. And I see the practicality of them here. But here's the other thing, and it leads on naturally to this. Um Cycling is very popular and cycling uh, people, you know, safety is a huge thing for them. But don't we lack, you mentioned Holland there and the continent, aren't we still miles behind with providing the cycleways, which this vehicle would be entirely suited to, that are probably required down the road to make this, you know, viable and people uh, to take it up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, This bike that I have is 800 millimetres wide, whereas the handlebars of most bicycles are around about 600 millimetres mm. wide. So it's just slightly wider. Yes. But, um, but the point uh, I'm making is that yeah. we need more dedicated uh, ways for cycling and vehicles like this in the future. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, uh, we're way behind uh, so many other European countries in the provision of a separate cycling infrastructure and uh, I have been campaigning for a long long time to ask the local authority uh, uh, here in Laos to to focus on providing uh, traffic protected traffic separated um, cycleways particularly between residential areas and schools because straight away you will your your listeners will know that the traffic in Drogheda and Dundalk and Navan is appreciably quieter when the schools are shut in the summertime. So and true. appreciably mm. busier at four o'clock, at nine o'clock in the morning, even though there's public bus services and all that sort of stuff. But, it, you know, traffic congestion is much heavier at those times during the school year. So um, I think that to, to, to follow what you're saying, if, the, the, if there was a focus on trying to pr- uh, provide routes between residential areas and schools as a priority um you know uh, it would make a, a, a proportionally bigger improvement to 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 uh, to the traffic congestion and uh, encourage a, a greater culture of cycling uh, than yes the, the other thing and we spoke about this when you were here with me uh, you, you mentioned there you know in Clement days and that and there's the possibility of developing this to be you know more covered in and keep you dry uh, I look at it it fits you. Uh, you you were in it uh, going around our car park here one person you know, can it be like maybe made a little more adaptable that it could carry messages from shopping, perhaps carry another person? Uh, yeah, well, the particular version I have only has uh, a small space in the back for shopping. Like, you know, you could individually put in a loaf of bread and a couple of, of, of cartons of milk and, and cornflakes and things like that individually packed in. You couldn't put a complete box uh, of groceries into the back of it as neatly as you can with the boot of a with the boot of a car, you know. Yes. So there is space in the back for 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 a reasonable amount of groceries. You could certainly put a computer in the back of your car if you're going to your office or something like that. Um, 
but uh, I, I've been working here with the college to try and see if we can come up with something with a larger uh, boot carrying capacity uh, and at the same time give that uh, rainfall, rain protection to, to, the, to the driver, you know. Uh, mm. Again, there's plenty of, uh, there's more and more of these people coming around with, with bicycles which have the, the front carrier box or a big carrier box at the back of it. But the, the cyclist is still exposed to rain, uh, you know, and sleet yeah. and that sort of stuff. Mm. And I have always, always felt that um, that's the big plus of car transport that you get in and I mean I, anybody who's nearly caught by those heavy showers yesterday evening they would know <laughs> yes. all about it yeah. you know it's a good uh, job they weren't coming down as well when you were heading uh, back home as well uh, when you, when I you... was I was glad I was, wasn't <laughs> on the bike <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Olin look uh, seriously you've brought in three of these uh, it's a it's a first and you know you are working on different aspects and concepts of it. I come back to this again. Do you see, with the will and the way, of course, you're going to need uh, government, local authorities and that to come on board with this. And ultimately, and it won't happen today or tomorrow, have a vision and a plan to enable this type of thing. Yeah. um, We're very poor at long-term planning in in this country. And I, I was always arguing that we've known about the climate change issue since 1992 when it was first discussed at the first UN conference in Rio de Janeiro uh, and it's taken uh, Irish politicians such a long time you know to consider it important enough to start spending the kind of money that's now being spent I think it's something like uh, four million is to be spent in in County Louds this year on walking and cycling routes and I think that's going to be repeated year after year for as long as this government lasts Mm. Um, I think if we're serious about the climate change issue and we want to try and reduce uh, those short distance car journeys that you're referring to, you know, those commuter journeys, which can be done easily with a bicycle, uh, you have to put in the safe traffic separated infrastructure to do that. And that requires redesigning streets and redesigning roads uh, so that the width of the road isn't uh, all given for car parking and for car movements, mm. but that there is a certain percentage of the road given for uh, physical protection for bicycles, you know. Mm. And uh, many of the mothers and fathers uh, listening to the show will, under no circumstances, allow an eight year old or 10 year old our 12-year-old child to cycle to school yes. on those busy roads at the yes. moment, you know. Yes. Uh, and um, it's it's been a bugbear of mine, uh, particularly in Dundalk. Dundalk has had a, put in a few cycle lanes in the past. It's it's kind of a flatter town, um, a wee bit than, than Drogheda. So there was a couple oh, of... Oh, Navin, yeah, yeah. I think it is attempts. flatter, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, there was a couple of attempts. But they're all start-stop cycle routes, you know, Yes. Work, lovely, lovely cycle route for, for a couple of hundred yards and then it stops, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I think the challenge is for the local authorities and to be fair to, to, fair to them, the, the, the new the engineers that they've been uh, bringing on board um, are focused on trying to fix up and reconnect uh, and complete all these routes. Uh, and... Uh, I mean, the lovely, the wonderful cycleway you have there, uh, if you follow me, along the Boyne, mm. uh, which goes out to the Battle of the Boyne site. Yes. I mean, that now needs to be rolled out. But I would argue 
that you know schools and residential areas kind of you know need to be looked at not just tourism yes. routes yes no you're you're uh, so right Alan listen I'm going to leave it there today will you tell people where they can look at this thing or find out more information well I have a website uh, www.velocycle.ie okay uh, and uh, sure have a look uh, there and you'll yeah, see what we're there. talking about and Olin will be delighted to uh, handle any uh, inquiries or all comers if you want to talk to him about it yeah. for sure I see uh, I have a vision and I, I can see a vision in this myself as well faster than a bike perfect for the shorter commute zero emissions staying healthy no significant ongoing costs what could yes. be uh, not what something could be bad? <laughs> <laughs> you're hired you're hired I'm going to have you on staff here <laughs> <laughs> what could not attract you to this uh, to be honest yes. with you anyway good luck with it and I will be talking to you again on uh, uh, different issues all and it's great to have you with us on the show today thank you very much indeed not at all good take luck. care of yourself bye bye that's all in here there Velo Cycle it is Velo V-E-L-O-C-Y-C-L-E dot I-E check it out Italy in the final I watched the semi last night oh it was a terrific game and penalties it went to and the Italians prevailed well, what about tonight? Denmark, England. Only one winner, isn't there? England. Hard to see Denmark upsetting the odds. I honestly say again, I think England will go all the way. They have the best squad. But you never know. It's a game of football. It's 90 minutes, maybe 120, maybe penalties. I'm curious. You know this thing in Ireland where uh, so many people in this country follow Premier League clubs across the water and travel over when you can and hope to travel over again. And yet when England play, they're... A, B, E, anybody but England. But look, I'm asking today, is there, there has to be, there's people out there who are supporting England. Is there anyone out there supporting England tonight and to win the tournament? I'm sure there are English people or people of English heritage listening to us today and they're up for England. If you're up for England, let me know. Are you there? Where are you? Where are you? Do you remember? Yes? Do you remember? In uh, Carrow Road in Norwich, the chairwoman... Oh, yes, Delia and Hora calling out our players at halftime. English supporters, are you out there? Is there anybody out there supporting England? Will I get one message even to say, I'm up for England? Come on, let's hear from you. 086-1800-658. You know the numbers. That's the WhatsApp, the text number. 086-1800-658. Anyone up for England? You can call in on 1850-715-958 as well. Don't be shy. Let us know. Cheer for your team. I'm so curious. I'd love to hear, even from one of you. Maybe a bit too shy. A Dundalk listener on to us to say that she met Olin on the Castle Road and St Mary's Road in Dundalk recently and she nearly ran over him. Oh my God, they are low down, they are low seated, I will agree with you. And you're right, and we said it here, it's dedicated cycle lanes or whatever always, that's what's needed for the vehicles, but they are an interesting concept. Coming up after two on late lunch, Dr Mary McCreary tells us we've got to trust our guts. Good on you. I've had lots of responses. I was just hoping to get one, but I've had more. Are you up for England tonight? Hello out there. Anybody supporting England tonight? I want to hear from you. Let me know if you're up for the neighbours. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show. Let me read a selection of what I've got in the last few moments. I'm a Spurs fan, Jerry, but... I'm up for Denmark because of Ericsson, says Mickey. There'll be a lot of sentiment in that regard, for sure. 
<laughs> I love this one. It had to come from a loud supporter. Now we're mixing codes here, mixing and max, ma- matching like the vaccines. Uh, I'd only support England if they were playing Meath. <laughs> Go out at that, would you, will you? Uh, I've got a video in. I, I've been listening to it all right on our own sports news. Casper Schmeichel, when he was asked this morning about uh, this whole thing of football coming home, he says, what do you mean? Has it ever come home? <laughs> it's almost, he was brilliant. Did you ever win anything, he said to them? Because Denmark did win the European. They did indeed. They were European champions. But of course, England harking back to 66 and the World Cup. I am most definitely up for England, Jerry. We shouldn't live in the past carry grudges. This is a positive exciting experience for everyone to enjoy considering what has affected the whole world and challenged every one of us. No country no skin, no colour, no nationality was safe with the virus. It's our neighbouring country. A time for celebrations and being united says a fan from Colin. An English fan in Colin. I'm up for England but Denmark are going to win I think says Magella. Jerry, I support Leeds and I don't mind seeing England doing well and I'm really interesting to see Calvin Phillips' journey man of the tournament so far Peter I have your message I'll come back to it later and more besides are you up for England 086 1800 658 let's move on on late lunch and you know that saying that you hear many people they'll tell you this when you're trying to maybe make a decision or go with your gut or I have a good gut feeling or my gut is telling me well, your gut is very important because we're going to talk about it for the next while with Dr. Mary McCreary. She's a state registered dietitian nutritionist. She's based at the Black Rock Clinic in Dublin and she's been in practice there since 1985. She knows all about diet and gut and more besides. Dr. Mary McCreary, welcome to Late Lunch. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks for joining me on the show. But that's true. Doesn't the gut come up so much in conversation? Well, I mean, you're you're hitting the nail on the head there. Um, this is all as a result of a survey that was carried out by Yako to investigate how much did the Irish public actually know about the connection between the gut and the brain, which is called the gut-brain axis. So as you mentioned there, I mean, for hundreds of years, we've been using expressions like having a gut feeling or your gut instinct or having butterflies in your stomach or You could feel gutted or if things are bad, you feel like you're getting a kick in the gut or somebody can be described as having guts or showing guts. So we've been using these expressions for hundreds of years without ever really knowing that there actually is a connection between the brain and the gut. So that connection, um, it's, it's a complex but regular communication network that goes between your vagus nerve and chemical messengers, which are called neurotransmitters. Now, these neurotransmitters, they're brain chemicals that are often described as your happiness or your feel-good hormones because they influence our mood and our emotions on a day-to-day life. But what was little known until fairly recently, what these neurotransmitters are also produced by the gut cells, by the trillions of microbes that actually live in it, and um, they produce, help produce these neurotransmitters. And it's estimated that about 90% of the serotonin in our body is produced within the gut. But when Yakult went to do this research here in Ireland, it, they, they, they found that only four in 10 
actually agreed that the gut is our second brain. So that connection between the gut and the brain actually is not known as well as we thought it might be. Isn't that interesting? Mm, so mm. Uh, the, the message is, OK, so we can feed our gut. We, we take in the food we take in. What we eat is so important. So talk to me a moment about, you know, good gut foods. And we'll come on yeah. to supplement supplementing and that in a few moments. But good foods for the gut that in turn will do what you've just said there. Right. Well, there's a large body of evidence that shows that the food that you eat does have a strong influence on your your gut microbes. And trying to get as wide a diversity of the microbes in your gut is actually linked to better health. So the foods that you'd be including would be fiber rich foods like vegetables, fruits, beans, whole grains, omega three fats like you're going to get in your oily fish and the fermented dairy products. So those sorts of foods combined are definitely going to help increase your gut microflora, which is actually in turn going to help produce these neurotransmitters. But there's other non-dietary lifestyle factors that um, have actually been overlooked that, you know, are and that is beginning to show that, say, if you're very stressed mm. or you don't exercise, that has been shown that it will impact your health through shifts in your gut microbia. So as a result, the advice is you definitely need the high fiber foods, but you also should exercise on a daily basis and that you should try and de-stress in various different ways, even if it's getting out in nature and going to look at the sea or the mountains, or that you go for a walk or you do meditation or you do some yoga. So the combined lifestyle factors are really, really important in, in influencing your gut. Um, and thereby that is influencing then on what can be influencing your mood and everything else. Uh- a holistic picture, may I say, when you take everything into consideration. Now, come on to the converse of the good foods and that. Are the ones that you should just really always avoid? You know, this is the thing that does me head in and many people, Mary, the things that are not good for us, we love and they're so tasty. But what should we be careful about? Yeah, as a dietitian, obviously, I would be encouraging people to have very, very basic foods. So you're talking about you look at the food pyramid and the very basic foods of the food pyramid are things like the fruits and the vegetables. And then you're looking at your whole grains and then you're looking at your dairy products. And we do need, you know, your fish, chicken, meat and some you know, protein sources. And the luxury foods then come at the top of the pyramid. So, again, listen to your gut instinct, a little bit of what you fancy does you good. But they should be luxury foods and they should be seen as luxury foods it's when the it's when the pyramid gets turned upside down and the luxury foods become the main stable of the diet that's when your diet becomes a little bit unbalanced and it's very very important that you know you you look at the at proper food what i'd call very what what maybe your grandparents would have eaten proper proper meals proper dinners and the luxury things you know should be if you're eating out in a restaurant or you're away on your holidays or it's christmas but our day-to-day diet should be based on the food pyramid Mm, and that's what's happened isn't it with affluence and society changing immensely from our parents' times that these foods now are widely available, they're cheaper and they're no longer a luxury, Mary. This is the problem. They're every day. That's right. And that that is the problem. And I think this is where parents probably have a huge role to play in making sure that they practice what they preach and they show their children how 
having proper and family meals to me are so, so important. I think it's, you know, that that expression that we always used to have, like breaking bread together. It brings together a family. It gets some routine into the family, but it also teaches children how to eat properly and how to eat proper foods as well. Um, so, you know, one thing I would feel, and again, it's like trusting your gut instinct is that you know what you should be having and you might just decide you're not going to go along with that. Um, but it is really, really important. And I suppose the idea is, is to try and, you know, get people to be, be a little bit more proactive in if they know that this, this is actually going to be something that isn't going to improve both your feel good factors, your happiness, your mood, your emotions. It's something that we can influence ourselves. And I think, if I may say, one of perhaps the plus points of the last 15 months, and there weren't a whole lot, to be honest, was that people, this thing of being time poor, sort of uh, dissipated because people, you know, a challenge working from home, of course, but, you know, without the commute, more time at home, you know, putting a little time and thought into food preparation, it's well worth it. Yeah, oh, it definitely is well worth it. And at the end of the day that, you know, when you're when you're looking at a home cooked meal and you're thinking, gosh, actually, this is is, uh, we've lots of vegetables in this, which is a real and we in Ireland, we're not great at eating lots of fruits and vegetables. So it's very, very important that that would become part of our natural diet that, you know, if you're eating your sandwich at lunchtime, you'd have tomato and lettuce and cucumber and onion and you'd have loads of vegetables with your dinner. You'd maybe have some fruit juice with your breakfast you snack on fruit um, during the day. So it's really, really important that we have um, a look at this just for anybody that is actually interested on the gut brain axis. And Yakult have actually produced an educational video on it. It's only about three minutes long, well worthwhile for anybody that has any interest in it. And you'll find that on their YouTube channel. Okay, the Yakult YouTube channel. channel, And that leads me nicely into supplementation for this. You know, there's a lot of uh, products on the market there. What's your take on it with all your years experience? Well, in certain circumstances, and obviously as a dietitian, we work predominantly with people that would have diet-related diseases. And there are many conditions that do need, need supplements. For example, if you are iron deficient, you you need to take an iron supplement. Um, if you have anorexia, we use uh, pharmaceutical nutritional supplements with them as well. But for the healthy man in the street, there's very little evidence to support you taking um, in any supplements. It's a billion dollar market, an absolutely billion dollar market. And it's marketed on, on the on the basis that, well, somehow our food is lacking in nutrients and our food isn't as good as it used to be. But there's nothing scientifically to support that at all. And you will have different countries that may have different um, different sort of nutrient problems. Like, for example, you might have a country like Ireland. We li- li- live in the Northern Hemisphere. We lack sunshine. So we have a huge uh, amount of the population that would be lacking in vitamin D. So we have lots of milks that have added vitamin D added into it. And we are recommended that we would take a vitamin D supplement during the winter months. Um, But it needs to be specific. And people that go in and buy lots of B supplements, and really it's not something you'd see on a day-to-day basis, is lack of B vitamins in your diet. And we certainly aren't lacking in vitamin C um, because potatoes is the main source of vitamin C in the Irish diet. And most people, Irish people eat potatoes. So, you know, the supplements is very specific to, and I would only recommend supplements for somebody that 
actually, I felt that they really needed them. The rest of the time, as we used to say, they were feeding the herrings in Dublin Bay. <laughs> I love it. But, you know, always I know growing up or even still with my own children and myself never feeling the stomach's feeling a little bit off. You know, milk, you, you mentioned milk there, basic yeah. dairy type of stuff like that. Yeah. Yogurts, uh, yeah. good, good to take when, when you feel you need them. Uh, you should be taking them all the time, I yeah. know. You yeah. should be taking them all the time. I would say all those dairy products as being superfoods. I mean, the nutrient content of those foods is absolutely fantastic. And it's not something I'd ever recommend. And unfortunately, people in their early 20s tend to reduce their milk intake. Um, and it's something really that, you know, teenagers need the equivalent of a litre of milk a day. It's quite a large uh, consumption of milk that they need. And then, of course, as you go through life, you have lots of requirements for milk for both through the menopause to avoid osteoporosis, but also to avoid an older condition called osteomalacia, which is as you get older that your lack of vitamin D uh, can lead to weaker bones. So, you know, it's it's dairy, all the dairy products are something that should be included on a, on, on a daily basis, in my estimation. I like kefir myself. Yes, perfect. Absolutely. <laughs> Anything at all. Yeah, yeah, any of those. All, all of those good. Anyway, just remind us that Yakult okay. little video is on the Yakult website, is it? That's, it's on the Yakult YouTube. It's Yakult UK in Ireland. Yeah. OK, that's great. Okay. Thank uh, you very much, Thank Jerry. you, Mary. Lovely to okay. talk to you today. Talk to you then. Right. Take care. Bye-bye. 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 That's Dr. Mary McCreary there talking to me about your gut health, your gut instinct. Jerry, aren't the, aren't the majority of Irish people so stupid? We support English clubs as if we were from their cities. Yet we want the same players to fail when they play for England. Jerry, lovely to hear from you from Navin in County Mead this afternoon. It is so true. It's an irony that has never been lost on me. You know, I follow the Arsenal from afar. From afar, I have to say. Love me own club, Drogheda United, of course, here. That's the most important. And Ireland. Uh, But... You know, we do follow the clubs from a distance, but I'd never, I'd never be down if they didn't win at that. I'd be pleased that they won and it's part of the banter and that as well. But I'm not like these guys, running up and down pubs, kissing the shirt when Chelsea score or Liverpool score or whatever. No, 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 no. There's something. And then, as you say, when England are on, it's A-B-E, anything but England. It is ridiculous, Jerry. You've hit the nail on the head. English fans, where are you today? Come on, let's hear from you. From you. Tonight it's Denmark. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me. Back in a moment. Human League. November 1981. Released. Number one right across the world. UK, US, Billboard, Top 100. It just cracked every chart right around this globe. One of the... Biggest, biggest, probably the greatest ever hit from the Human League and still so brilliant uh, listening back to it today. Now, just reminding you, our Saturday set series on Facebook continues to bring amazing music talent to you every weekend on our Facebook page. And this weekend is no different with the brilliant Andy Dempsey. Andy's just released a fantastic new self-produced video for his new single, Alive. And this weekend, you can hear the live version with us. That's Saturday Sets with Andy Dempsey, live this Saturday from 9 o'clock 
on the LMFM Facebook page. Make sure you tune in. They are fantastic and they're really going so well and enjoyed by more and more people each week. Nine o'clock, Facebook, LMFM, this coming Saturday. Jerry, I support Manchester United. Well done to you. My late dad used to love them and supported them as well from afar. Uh, and when he supported them, they weren't made up of what you're telling me now. Yes, they're made up, Jerry, of French, Spanish, Brazilian, Portuguese, and the managers from Norway. I will not support England. Interesting, isn't it? Think of all the Irish players, I'll come back to this, who've gone across the water, as we say, and made great careers for themselves as well, at the top level and at many levels. And then they're living there as well at English clubs. I, I see the point you're making there, that it, they're an international, they're all international outfits now, the clubs. That's, that's the way it's gone. The money in the Premier League, it's a mercenary business. It, there's nothing, nothing sure that where the biggest money is available, uh, the players go. They'll kiss your badge today, as I said, and they'll kiss your ass tomorrow. It's as simple as that. Well, there's more money elsewhere, they're gone there. That's the nature of the game. The Premier League is the richest league in the world, and that's why it's become so international as well. Those players want to be there. But Manchester United is a Manchester club. It's in England, and it's part of the FA in England. And that team tonight are representing England. But you're very welcome to make your point as well. But... uh, England, Denmark tonight. You'd expect England, wouldn't you? You would indeed. I think they'll go all the way at this stage. They have the best squad of players. I think it's theirs to lose, to be honest with you. Uh, Italy, mm, I just don't think they have enough to see England off in the final unless they get to the penos. Well, then you just never know what might happen at that stage. Oh, disappointing news again today for all marathon people. The Dublin Marathon is off again next, this year, if you haven't heard. Second year in a row, no Dublin City Marathon. By God, David Carey and Team Carey knew when to wrap up the 10th year. They did it for 10 years. We were with them all the way on late lunch. And uh, the end happened naturally, sort of at the 10-year mark. And there hasn't been a marathon since. Isn't that interesting? Perhaps David might consider a one-off comeback. Sometimes you never know. You never know when it's back on or maybe on an anniversary or something like that. But there you are. No Dublin City Marathon again this year. Now, summertime, children off school, occupying them every day. I know the story. I've been through it myself. I see it now at the moment with grandchildren. You know, trying to uh, have them busy and being at things all the time because that's what they want. They look to you. Where are we going? What are we doing? And it's not always easy. But a woman who sussed it out for us from mams.ie, Siobhan O'Neill White, she's with us with our recommendations next. I really love what you have to say about supporting England tonight or in the championships. Uh, People say, this comes in from Tom, people say, Jerry, if England win, you'd never hear the end of it. But if you only look at English TV, Sky or the other channels, or follow uh, the English clubs in the English Premier League, then for the next nine months, you'd never hear the end of it. Yes, football will dominate back to the leagues, etc. And it will, of course, dominate. But Jerry, if Ireland won the Euro, says Tom, and the English looked at RTE all of the time, God help them, in brackets, uh, then they would never hear the end of it either. We'd be spouting on about it forever. And in Italy, if they win it, and you look at Italian television and follow the Italian league, you can understand that they'll be talking about it ad infinitum as well. 
Good point, Tom. Very good point. Well made. Thanks for your comments. On the England situation, semi-final tonight, final, are they going to win it? Are you supporting them or not? 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show. Summertime and the living's easy. Yes, it is. But if you're parents, it can be a testing time because they'll be on to you all the time. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Where are we going? What are we going to do? She has all the answers for us. Well, she has a lot of answers for us because she's going to point you in the right direction. Siobhan O'Neill White from mams.ie. Hello again. Hi, Jerry. Thanks for joining me on the show. I'm right, aren't I? It, 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 summertime is challenging. Uh, that's one word, yeah. When you say run in the right direction, is that away from your children? Because that's <laughs> how I feel like running with my lot today. <laughs> They're all driving me mad already. Um, you have to divide and conquer. So it's mm. trying to find things that they can do um, this year it's different this year and last year obviously it's different whereas we were always going places and we're always recommending places to go this year we're not going to be going as many places we're going to be home more than we normally would and first obviously COVID we have to be safe but the next thing is when you are going somewhere so like for example our two of ours went to Taylor Park last week everything has to be booked in advance and there's uh, limited numbers that can only go mm. on, on every day so it's not as easy to go places as it would have been a couple of years ago. So if you are going to go somewhere, you do have to pre-book, even if you're going down to the cinema, even if it's an early morning kids club in the arc or something, you do need to book that in advance. Just, you know, prepare yeah. before you go somewhere. Yeah. Now, so that's, really, that's really good advice and really important mm-hmm. to point out to people. It is not normal. It's not like other times. Yeah. Don't expect to show up and get in. You've got to pre-book. Go on, away you go. You do. Pre-book, yeah. Like, we went to the cinema the other day and it was lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't as busy as normal, but sure, look, it was lovely to go. Yes. Right, so there's a few places that you can go. Um, you know, you can get up off, to, you can go to Sky Park up in Carlingford, you can go to Newgrange Farm. There's loads of places like that. There's Newbridge Farm, there's the zoo, there's Dublinia, the Wax Museum. All these places are open. Again, all of them you have to book before okay. you go now. But bearing in mind that you're going to be staying home more than you normally would this summer, we were thinking about things that you can do at home. Mm. So I would say if you're going to take the kids to the beach, maybe don't go on a Saturday or a Sunday go on a Tuesday or a Wednesday when it's not as busy because the beaches are insanely busy at the weekends. Obviously, people are not going away on holidays as much this year. So it's I've never seen the beaches. We're in Betty's Town. I've never seen so much traffic okay. ever. And we've been living here 16 years. It's mm. insane. So if the kids like going to the beach, like if you want to go and collect seashells or you want to go looking for crabs or whatever with the kids, Go on a day if you can when it's not too busy. And actually, it's lovely to go down in the evening time. We went down last Thursday in the evening. We had a walk on the beach, you know, skimming stones and stuff like that. And then we went and got a couple of bags of chips and sat on the beach and had them for dinner. And it was lovely. We were out for a couple of hours. And then the kids, you know, full of sand, came home, get them a shower. They were knackered. So getting them out to do things like that, active things, is really good. And it doesn't have to be always somewhere pre-booked and you don't always have to spend money for it. Mm. So when you're at home, I've been looking for things we can do. So there's a really cool company on Instagram, Cardboard Jungle, and they do these massive, they're about four foot tall animals and they're they're cardboard, but you have to colour them in. Now they're huge. It's brilliant. We've had, my little one, Summer is nine, and her friends colouring in a giraffe and they had to colour every spot it's not even done yet they were out in the garden for two hours doing that the other day that's great and it's not expensive and then it's something they can have in their playroom when they're done 
We have a basketball hoop in the front garden. That is one of the best things we ever bought. And one of my, my daughter's friends actually was having a birthday and the mom was saying she was putting her under serious pressure for a phone, but she's too young for a phone. And I, I had her here for a little play date and I said, look, what about the basketball? We got her a basketball and all of the kids in the family are playing with it. Lovely. Best thing. So you want to get them out and about. Yeah. Wimbledon's on. The kids are interested in tennis. Go and pick up a couple of tennis rackets and a few balls. Out they go into the front and have a game of tennis. My 18-year-old and 9-year-old were playing tennis this morning. <laughs> now, them two wouldn't normally mix like that or yes. be outside playing together. Curbs. Simple little games like that. If you have... We have a little storage box that we have in the front garden and the basketballs and the tennis rackets. Nothing in it is expensive. The box itself is about €20. Euro, but the kids know... Well, there's balls, there's Gaelic balls, there's basketballs, there's balls for curbs, there's tennis, there's skipping ropes, all in there. So if they're annoying me, which is a regular occurrence, I'm like, out, get out, and off they go into the front and yeah. they go to the box and they take whatever it is. So just think about things like that, having yeah. little things at home that they can play with, with their with their siblings and with their friends. And you know, I, I'm coming back to what you said then, I could picture it, the walk on the beach. And, mm. and the bag of chips outdoors oh. afterwards. There's nothing to beat it. And Siobhan, oh. I want to tell people and say to people, they know anyway, if you look in the northeast here from Meath right up the mm. coast to North Loud, look at all the beautiful beaches we have. Running. Yeah, they're there Running. and they're free and they're on your doorstep. And one thing I will say to you is, check the tides as well. You know, tides are oh, important. Yeah. If the tide yeah. is full in, some of the beaches are difficult to manoeuvre. It's great when they're out. You know that yourself. When they're well out, you have loads of space. I've been stuck. I've, I, yep. was, I often walk from Laytown to Bettystown and that tide comes in fierce quick some days and yes. I actually nearly got stuck. So mm. that can happen to anyone. So yeah. yeah, do be careful, especially if you've got kids with you because yes. the last thing you want is, you know, they'd be frightened and yeah. things like that. Yeah, yeah, check okay. the and tides. Also, make sure that they're wearing, look, get a pair of runners on them or something if you can because my little one was climbing over rocks last week and she went flying um, in flip-flops on the seaweed and she cut her leg and stuff. So just let mm. them get a little bit wrecked. I always have runners um, that are manky and in bits that they'd only wear to the beach. So they don't wear their new ones or their good ones. You always yeah. have something and clothes that you don't mind them getting wet in. Of let course. them out, let them play. Yeah, now, another yeah. thing we've been doing, and kids love it, mm. we've been planting little herbs and little vegetables and little flowers. And there's a huge movement at the moment about wildflowers and we're trying to save the bees and we're trying to help the butterflies. Get a little patch in your garden, get them a little a little spade and let them get down on the ground. Let them get their little bit of soil up and see the worms yep. and see all the centipedes and everything. Yep. There's nothing wrong with them nothing, getting their hands in the ground. nicer. There really isn't it to introduce yeah. them to the garden and environmental matters. The other thing I was thinking about, Siobhan, in this area, and they're all over the place, there's some lovely walks and woodlands, aren't oh, there? Yeah. And places and ponds and places like that to visit. There's loads. I mean... You know, Old Bridge, just, there's so many. Just even walking, sure, we were even walking through um, Drogheda yesterday, and even just walking up the main street now, there's lots of places you can sit down, you can get a coffee, you can sit down, because obviously we can't do indoor dining yet. The, um, but yeah, Burger has a great outside section, so if you fancy a burger and a beer, I mean, the food is amazing, but you're able to actually sit down now. I'm not mad about taking it home, I feel like... By the time I get home, it's not as nice. You want to sit yeah. down and have it. So there's loads of things like that where you can sit out with the kids and you can have an ice cream or you can have a coffee. So fair play to 
the council, I suppose, were actually thinking about putting in some seating areas while we can't eat indoors. Yes, necessity. Um, that is nice. Necessity is the mother of invention. Just coming back to some of the ones in terms of walks and woodlands that cross mm. my mind, or a Hesker down near Dunlear. You mentioned Oldbridge House. Not yeah. far away from that is Townley Hall. The wonderful Greenway at Carlingford now. Superb. Balrath Wood. Not If you go over to Leakway in County Mead, it's Beautiful over there. And Middleout, Stevenstown Pond. Look at that. It just come to mind as I talk to you here now. You know, Carlingford is so breathtaking. Mm. Walking, it's like the air is cleaner. I I just love walking around there. It's just such a gorgeous, gorgeous spot. I mean, we are spoiled for things like that. So I would say, like, make the most of the amenities that are on your doorstep. Don't be worrying too much about constantly booking things. And there's loads of things at home that the kids can do, like get them into baking, get them into cooking. My kids will, there's certain dinners, if we're having fajitas, they're up, they're chopping the peppers. Get them interested in what you're doing because when they're off on their summer holidays, mommy or daddy is cooking breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. You can be in that kitchen all day. Get them involved. I brought the kids to the shop with me yesterday evening, got them to help me make the list. My daughter has dyslexia. I was getting her to do the money. So if I buy this, how much have I got left? And finding ways to get them to know, you know, how how to deal with money, how to write out a list for the shops, things like that. There's a great campaign that I love. I love to read. Um, I I think it's great to encourage children to read. And there's a a campaign called Drop Everything and Read for Dyslexia, and it's trying to encourage dyslexic kids to read. So anyone who has a child with dyslexia, like I do, um, go onto the website, Succeed with Dyslexia, and there's loads of stuff on there. Okay, Rather than having them on games and things all yes, the time, yes. my kids love David Williams, The Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Harry Potter. There's so many brilliant books for kids to mm. get their imagination really you know, really running wild. Oh, absolutely. And you know what I love for, for the duration of our conversation? You haven't mentioned a phone. And that's what it's about. Get them oh, away yeah. from them. Get them... Yeah. I know, this is why the reading and getting them to dig up in the garden and getting them to do stuff, like stuff, getting them off the phones, getting them off the computers. And like I said to them this morning, I, I was working and before I knew it, two of them were inside with some YouTube nonsense on and I said, right, up, out, get out. And then, of course, they went and got the basketball and the tennis rackets and whatever. Right. If you put that stuff there for them and you tell them, right, out you go, go out and play for an hour, they've something to play with. And usually yeah. that, that, that works quite well. Anyway, I love it. You've touched on so much. Siobhan, thank you so much for joining me. Happy summer. Oh, happy summer, Jerry. Thank <laughs> Take you. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Siobhan O'Neill White there from mams.ie. Uh, you can find out more there. Lots of suggestions. I mentioned a number of places. Uh, Siobhan did as well. Is there anywhere else we're missing? A walk or a woodland or someplace that uh, listeners can visit free with their children and enjoy? If there's somewhere we're leaving out you want to mention, let me know. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show. I have a Specsavers voucher for €189 and they've also thrown in a €75 for Ticketmaster to boot to give away today. And I have a gentleman waiting on the line to speak to me. Joseph Levins, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jerry. Thank you for getting in touch with us by WhatsApp. You have a wee story, you have a song. Tell us about this lovely woman of yours, Evelyn. Where did you meet her? I met her in 95 in the No Name Club in Drada, Jerry. No Name. Now you're going back and you're really tickling the memory here. Oh, my God. That was a big <laughs> thing at the time, wasn't it? 
It was indeed, Jerry. Yes, it was indeed. It was very big at the time. Did you know her? I didn't, Jerry. No, I didn't know. No. And how did it happen? Was it just a glint of an eye we introduced? Did you ask her to dance? What happened? I'll tell you what happened, Jerry. I was in the No Name Club on the night, and I asked a friend of mine at the time to go over and ask her out to dance with me, and he came back and said no. But the second day, her her friend came over and said, "Was it you or him that he she wanted to dance?" And I said myself, and she said, "Yeah." I'll dance with you. <laughs> so she turned down the messenger and went for the main man. Yeah, well, he actually asked for me and she thought it was for him. Oh, I see. So slight confusion, but when yeah. it was you, she yeah. said, we'll dance. And was that it really from there? It was indeed, Jerry. Yeah, it was, it was basically love at, at the start and that was it. My, oh my, we were young at the time, like no name was it was for youngsters, wasn't it? I think it was Jerry at the time, yeah. Wow, yes, you were young and she was as well. So you started going steady, as they say, from there, yeah? We did indeed, Jerry, yeah. Yeah, started going steady is right. And and when you messaged me in, this is what caught our attention. You, you said that people thought it mightn't happen. Why was that? Or was it you that thought, or friends, or what? No, it was just basically friends and family at the time. Jerry, been young and that, you know yourself, ups and downs, and been young love, and they just said that we'd never make it, and... and when that song came out in 97, Shania Twain, and that was the one that I said, that was the song. <laughs> that was the song that said, yeah, we are going all the way. How long are you married now? Uh, I got married in 07, Jerry. Right, OK. So about uh, 14 years or so. Yeah, just about 14 Good years, man yourself. Yeah. And you have a lovely boy? Well, he's a man now, Jerry. He's yeah. 23. Yeah, my God, yes, you have indeed. He's a yeah. he's a big fella as well. But they're always your boy, aren't they? They're always your indeed, son. Yeah. They are when you when you look at them and think about them as well. So um, anyway, it all began in the No Name Club. And the thing about it is that, that song, Shania Twain, still the one, sums up your love and your relationship and your marriage and everything that goes with it. But there's a little twist to the end, a Mexican twist, isn't there? There is indeed, Jerry. Yeah, we we uh, decided, look at basically not to not to know so many terms, flip them all, and to be begrudgers. We said we go away ourselves and we get married in Cancun, in Mexico. And off you went and did the off deed. You went. And was yeah. was it just yourselves? Nobody else. Uh, it was myself, uh, my wife now, and my son, and her mom and dad. That was it. That was it, Jerry. Yeah. Just a few of us. That's all we could afford. <laughs> and Cancun it was, in beautiful Mexico, always to be remembered. Well, look at, uh, could you do with the glasses voucher and the Ticketmaster stuff and that? It'd be a little, little help. Definitely. <laughs> well, Joseph Levins, we loved your story. Against the odds, it happened. And he married the love of his life, Evelyn, who he met in the No Name Club and went to Mexico ultimately Beautiful Mexico, Cancun, just to uh, seal the deal. Joseph Levins, here is your song. Congratulations. Thanks very much, Jerry. Thank you. Take care. Mm, Looks like we made it. Look how far we've come, my baby. We might have took a long way. Oh, beautiful, isn't it? After all these years, yes, especially for Evelyn and Joseph Levins this afternoon. Their song and Joseph, the winner of our Specsavers competition. If you have a story and a song, let me know. 086-1800-658. We are looking for people to chat to tomorrow 
and on Friday here on Late Lunch and we have that really nice prize to give away. Thank you for all of your comments. More about Casper Smichael, uh, the uh, Leicester City keeper and that interview last evening when he was asked about football coming home and uh, he inquired what did they mean. Yes, I saw it myself. He was terrific. He really was. Um, I don't mind England winning, says Liam and RD today. But, uh, my God, they still talk about 66. I can't listen to the pundits either. England expects... They shouldn't be in the Euros anyway, Jerry. They left Europe. I have three lines in me head, says Liam. I'm loving the show. Thanks indeed for your message, Liam, today. You made me smile. And um, another one there. Thanks to Siobhan and Neil White for the hints and tips. I love that what you mentioned there, that drop everything and read, Jerry. We've used it ourselves and it's a fantastic resource. Thank you indeed for that. Jerry, I'm supporting England tonight to win but I hope they lose to Italy in the final. Oh, I thought we were on a winner there for a minute. You've knocked the wind out of me sails. They are so cocky, England, and their supporters as well. That comes in signed from a GAA fan this afternoon. Now, uh, let me uh, move on to my artist of the week, who is this week. The legendary Nat King Cole. Throughout the 50s, Cole recorded prolifically with so many of his songs topping the charts. Classics like Smile, Pretend, If I May, Too Young, etc. garnered for Cole universal appeal. As uh, musical taste changed, however, and they changed dramatically into the 60s, his ballads didn't appeal to the younger audience. Nevertheless, his fan base remained loyal as he adjusted from pure jazz to a more popular sound with hits like Ramblin' Rose and those lazy, crazy days of summer, which was a top ten hit in the States in 1963. That was just two years before he actually died. Indeed, his final studio album was simply called Love and was a huge success months before his passing in 1965. You see, Cole was a heavy smoker and he began losing weight, looking unwell. Despite support and encouraging, he wouldn't have it checked out, but eventually he did seek medical attention in late 64 and he was diagnosed with lung cancer. He had a lung removed and the word was that he was on the mend. But uh, he did carry on to uh, record that last album, uh, but he only lived weeks, passing away on February 15th, 1965. His funeral was like a state occasion with thousands paying their respects and a who's who from the worlds of entertainment, sport and politics attending. So let's go back to a lively one. I mentioned there a few moments ago that he recorded a couple of years before he passed away. It's the late, great Nat King Cole. Roll out those lazy, hazy, crazy days of Ah, simply superb. Nat King Cole. Yes, we always, summer could always be here. More about the great man and another cracking tune from Nat King Cole round about this time on Late Lunch tomorrow. Final break of the day and after the break, I'm going to uh, have a chat with Father Noel Kyo. He is the main man at St. Joseph's Redemptorist in Dundalk. There's a big job to be done. I well remember speaking to his predecessor, Father Michael Cusack, about the huge renovation job at the monastery. There were other works carried out at the church as well, but I'd say the uh, saying, much done, more to do, applies to St. Joseph's Redemptorist in Dundalk. And the current director, Father Noel Kyo, is on the line. Hello, Noel. 
Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining us on the show today. You've done an awful lot, I know. You really have, because the church, uh, as well as the monastery, uh, you uh, put in, uh, dealt with the roof there, a couple of new organs went in, and the sound system have been attended to. But there's a big, big job. Listen, I suppose, Jerry, when you're dealing with a, a building that's as maybe old and historic as, as uh, the church here and the, the monastery, there's always going to be stuff uh, ongoing, but um, it really is, as you know yourself, you've been here many times, it's a very beautiful church, and uh, I suppose it's our obligation to make sure that it is as chalk and fumble, the people's house, uh, that it's kept in, in good nick. Uh, and obviously, a lot of that's got to do with, I suppose, the, the beauty of the place, but also mm. a lot of it's got to do with the structural stuff, that, uh, and especially in the bell tower, it is in, in real... Um, difficulty at the moment so yes i was up there oh father noel we've lost you we'll get back we'll we'll get father noel back to you uh, now in a moment we just dropped the line there hopefully we can get him back on and continue the conversation about the jobs that there are to be done there while we're ringing him back just to uh, tee up tomorrow on the show kira burke is with me she's always a woman with an opinion looking forward to chatting to kira again it's been a while Oshin McGann, the author, is with us as well on the show tomorrow. And he's written a lovely new book about young people and climate change. And Niall Hatch will be here. Yes, we're for the birds tomorrow. We'll be talking all about owls. Ah, oh, the gremlins got us there. Welcome back, Father. <laughs> It must be these lazy, lazy, crazy days. <laughs> Shows you're listening. Anyway, as I said, much done, more to do. Big work still to be done. You were mentioning the bell and bell tower. I was up there one time. It's beautiful. It is well. It's it's a it's a a real journey, isn't it? Up through those winding stairs, as I said, and I did a video. I put a video out on social media, actually bringing people up so that everybody could see. Uh, and it's not a place to go if you've got vertigo. No. Nope. <laughs> um, uh, you are familiar with it, and indeed, if people check out our Facebook, you'll see the video. It's from a historic point of view. It's it's just a really interesting tour. But as you go up, you begin to see uh, the, the level of corrosion that has gone in, or that has, has happened to the, the, the actual frame that holds all of the bells up. Yeah. And as you know, we're quite close to the sea here, so the sea air did its damage, I suppose, mm. on mm. Uh, on what was really sort of a 100-year-old steel girders. I doubt that they would have had the technology to have them galvanised back, yes. uh, back in the day. So, I mean, there's one part of it that is so bad the bit that faces the front that uh, uh, I can actually put my hand right through the girder. Yes, so it is in a bad state of repair. So the bells and the bell tower are one, the pews and the floor in the church itself. One of the things, Jerry, when we were in lockdown and the, the churches were closed, we knew this work had to be done, so we tried to schedule as much of it while the church was closed, so we were able to get the, the pews done. And again, these are the original pews of the church, 130 years old. And um, initially, when Father Brendan Kellman was, who was the administrator here before me when he was leaving, he had pointed out that they would, they would need some work done. But when we saw how, how much work needed to be done, we went to a company down in County Leitrim, Irish Church uh, Seating. And they're the experts, and they took all the seats out, they planed them all back to their original green, reassembled them, we tilted them, put on new kneelers, and it's just a work of art. It really is very beautiful, and if any of your listeners are passing by, yeah. to come in and to see to see 
I suppose, the workmanship of 130 years ago without all the machinery that we have now being brought back and indeed the original parquet floor of the church, uh, again, original, and it's just spanking you, it's absolutely... Yeah, yeah. And so so that's an aspect of the work that is done, but has to be paid for, of course. And then the other thing, electrical uh, is, uh, you know, the electrics have to be looked at, obviously. Uh, you have a CCTV system to upgrade and a fire alarm. Sure, absolutely. I mean, and these a lot of these are got to do with compliance and, and uh, keeping up with, with standards. So yes, electrics are never something that you want to, to ignore. And so there's some essential that needs to be there. But while we're doing that, we'll upgrade the lighting. Um, you know, when you come into St. Joseph's, it's got mosaics everywhere and mm. they're really, really very beautiful. So we'll be able to, with this new, I suppose, more efficient LED lighting, as we're all very conscious of, of the, the the impact of the consumption of electricity, yeah. uh, well, they'll be able to highlight some of those very beautiful features in the church that unfortunately get lost because it's yes, so dark yes. up, up at the top. It's it's an ongoing process and of course you have this big uh, celebration in 2026. It'll fly around the 150th anniversary. How much do you reckon this is going to all set you back? The essential work that is doing, we're talking over 400,000. Yep. Uh, I'm very fortunate, whatever, and received some money already uh, for that. That was a, a legacy that, that had come in. Um but I, in order to do the probably did is we secured a loan to get the work done mm. and over three years um, uh, to try and to get the, the balance paid off. And do you know what, Jerry? I've, I've, I'm not too anxious about that yeah. because people have always been, been very generous to us here in the Redemptorist in, in Dundalk and they know that it's an investment in, in which I think when people see the work that's been done, they know that it's ultimately it's for it's for them. So yes, of um, course it is. It's been for the families in the past. It will today and for future generations as well. But today, people are listening and they'd like to give you a, if they'd like to give you a dig out of any sort and financial support. Can they just drop by, or what's the best way to you know uh, offer support for you? The uh, offer support. Drop by. Uh, we do have um, a renovation uh, appeal. Stand in, in, in the church at the back of the church, and there's donation envelopes there that you can. It's a sort of a one-stop all, so you can um, donate just sort of as a one-off gift by cash or card or credit card, or you can take out a standing order as well. I suppose for anybody that that uh, that that will contribute, we would um, ask people to consider if you are a taxpayer in uh, here in Ireland that we are able to claim back an extra 45% on top of your donation at no expense mm. to, uh, to, uh, to yourselves. Good. Tax portion that you would have paid, and that's, that, that would really help us. You know? Ah, yes. Okay, so, and, and your website, you're on the web there, people can check you out, can't they? Absolutely, it's social media, and you'll be able to keep up. We've been videoing all the work as it's been going along, so that'll be of interest to, to, to many people, and indeed for the historic record as well, Jerry. Yeah, no. well done to you. You're carrying on, uh, carrying the flame forward and uh, preserving what is absolutely beautiful. I know it well myself for future generations. Thank you for joining me, Father Noel, and wish you well. Thank you very much, Jerry. Thank you very much. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Father Noel Kyo, the rector of St. Joseph's Redemptorist Church, the beautiful St. Joseph's. St. Gerard's Novena, of course, special to myself. It really is in Dundalk. If you can help, 
in the church calling in or check out their website as well and uh, great support coming already for the renovation project uh, that's a lot on late lunch for this midweek Wednesday afternoon I'm going to watch the game tonight Wednesday club are assembling we'll give it a lash and uh, made the best team win best of luck to both of them it's a semi-final it's huge for England huge for Denmark and let's see what transpires I'm sure we'll be talking about it as well on late lunch tomorrow Eddie Caffrey's coming next with the drive have a nice evening see you Thursday 1.30 the Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada, Dundalk and Cavan. We have the biggest range of light commercials in the Northeast with same-day business finance, so let our van specialist Danny find a commercial vehicle to suit your requirements. See blackstonemotors.ie. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.